Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Gregorich Ministries podcast. I'm so excited to be joining our special guest today, and it's Jenny Shepherd. And I had the privilege of ministering alongside Jenny at the Prayer and Healing Center at Rayma USA for a couple of years. I think it was about two years, maybe three years. Um, and we had an awesome time being able to minister there. And Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Glad to be able to talk to you again and catch up. Yes, absolutely. And I know that, you know, you guys have made a transition this year, but, you know, something I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, when we were in healing school, I was so happy to be able to uh, be able to minister in a way that was different in the sense of, uh, you know, I was able to share a lot of analogies and metaphors about football. And, you know, and I feel like we were always right there. You know, I could share something about football and you were right intact with me. And I wanted to congratulate you on the Saints making the playoffs this year. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I feel, like I feel like it's every year you guys make it. So I don't even want to give you any acknowledgement. <laughs> no, just like the Saints said, they actually made shirts. Their shirts right now. Somehow I knew football was going to come up today. <laughs> yeah. But they made shirts um, when they won the division. They made their some shirts that say, uh, "Not it's not enough," <laughs> because it's not. We've won the division for I don't know four years in a row. You know, it's not enough. We need the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I feel like, uh, you guys have experienced a lot of success, and you know I'm a fan of the Cowboys, as you know, and we have not. And so I just would like you to send your prayers my way. Send that because uh, if you don't know, Jenny actually has a special prayer for her saints that she gives, and she will not reveal this prayer to anyone. Um, and so she will not share this prayer with me because she knows if she does, then the Cowboys will beat the Saints. And so she has refused to do so. But her prayers have helped the Saints for many years. And Drew Brees, you know, he's he's getting up there, but he's still successful. Yeah. And, you know, something that I was thinking about, too, and something I kind of shared in healing school as well is, you know, I feel like even in this podcast that I've been doing, I feel like God's given me the opportunity to be a quarterback. And, you know, growing up, I was always like a heavier kid. And so they were like, okay, all the quarterbacks go to this area, all the wide receivers go here, all the, all the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you go into this area. And I would always go to the quarterbacks and the coach would be like, no, you're, you can't, that's not your position. I always wanted to be the quarterback you know, throwing the ball, getting it to other people. And I feel like God's finally given me the opportunity to be a quarterback by doing the podcast because it's, you know, as a quarterback, as you know, as Drew, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, all these great quarterbacks, something that defines them is getting the ball out of their hands really quickly and giving other, their playmakers the opportunity. And so uh, I was actually looking at stats of Drew Brees because I know you're a Saints fan. And he was, he's like actually one of the fastest people to get the ball out of his hands and he gets yeah. it into the playmaker's hands. And so I feel like that's something I've been able to do on the podcast here is get the ball into playmaker's hands. And so, Janie, I'm throwing you the ball today and you're going to have to run and make a play. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. You can bring football into anything. <laughs> I think both of us can. Yeah. Sometimes I had to watch myself and say, okay, who is my audience? Do they care? You know, <laughs> because I care and I can always do it. But yeah. yeah, and there would be times when we were in healing school and I would share like a football analogy or, or something. And I would look at the people that I I was like, they don't have any clue what I'm saying. But <laughs> right. I would always look to you and I'd be like, she gets it. <laughs> I always get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, something that we had the the privilege to do was in healing school, we were talking to people who were, I mean, it was life and death. It was, you know, truly, they were trying to get something that would make an impact in their life. And so I think one of the main things we were talking about was meditation and the importance of meditation. And so I know when people hear that word, a lot of times it's confusing to some people or it can be something that they don't necessarily know what it means. And so I wanted to ask you, whenever you hear the word meditation, in terms of like biblical and scriptural meditation, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I am, I am a teacher, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the definition, but, but uh, it literally means, and you know, my Bible actually has a footnote, and I like the footnote that it says, I pulled up Psalms chapter one, verse one, and it talks about meditation, but it says to ponder and to, pon- to ponder by talking to oneself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that's the, so the definition is to, you know, to ponder, to think upon, uh, to actually chew up, I believe one version says, um, and to talk to yourself, you know, I mean, a lot of times people think if you talk to yourself, you're crazy, but I think if you don't talk to yourself, you're crazy, you know, because we, I mean, meditation is so key. It's so important. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always like to go back to um, Psalms chapter one, verse one, when I'm thinking, oh, one through three, actually, when I'm thinking or uh, talking about meditation, because it, it's it's amazing. So if we can, I would like to read that. Absolutely. That's okay. All right. It says, um, and I do have the King James Version, but it says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And in his law or word, because the law is the word, you know, he's talking about the word of God here. In his law, does he meditate day and night? And you think about what that footnote says. He ponders the word day and night by talking to himself. So it's like every... Uh, situation that we're facing, we're we're caught, we're bringing that situation. I like to think of it like a conveyor belt, yeah. you know, yeah. like when you go to the airport, you know, and everything has to go through there. Well, we're we're sending every situation through this conveyor belt, and it and we're saying, what does the word say? What does the word say about this? And, and you know, because verse one tells us, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word counsel literally means advice. Who you're getting your advice from? Guidance, direction, instruction, information, opinions, views. You know, are we getting, is our counsel coming from the news? Yeah. <laughs> you know, which changes from minute to minute. Is it coming from the doctors? 
because they can, you know, is that where our advice and our guidance or our viewpoint or our instruction, is it strictly coming from them, you know, from the government? <laughs> we have to literally say, no, everything that comes my way, every report, everything that I face is going through the conveyor belt of the word of God, because what does, what does the word say? That's my counsel. That's my advice. That's my guidance and my direction and my instruction. And, and when you go down a little further, it says, uh, you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. And the uh, New King James actually says, uh, wicked. And so I used to skip this scripture because, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, that's, you know, that's just talking about sin, but it's not. When I started to really study this out and teach meditation on a regular basis, because, you know, Mrs. Leanne liked to put us on every day of the week to teach. So, <laughs> so we taught meditation quite a bit, but um, I started studying this out and I realized that word ungodly doesn't just mean it's not just talking about sinful things. It's talking about whatever is against or opposes or is opposite of God or of what God says, what his word says. So it could be a doctor's report. Yeah. It could be the news or your income, you know, or you lost a job. That could be the what is ungodly. Why? Because it's not in agreement with what his word says because un, being ungodly is unhooking from whatever the word says, yeah. you know? And so um, I like Amos chapter three, verse three, it says, the King James says, can two walk together except they be agreed, you know, and bringing that into context with this scripture, being in agreement with God, you're walking with him. The message version in that scripture says, uh, can two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going in the same direction? And so, you know, I think about it, if we're holding on, if you're holding on to somebody's hand and you're walking together and then you try to start going in the opposite direction, you can, the only way you can is if you unhook, Yeah. you know, but if you don't unhook, you're still going in that direction. You're still in agreement, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing with the word. The only way that we can miss it or we'll get off, or we won't see the promises of God come to pass in our life, is if we decide to unhook, to let go of that word and to take counsel from all of these other sources, you know? And um, verse three says, so we read, blesses a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, verse two, but his delight is in the word of the Lord and in the, his word does he meditate day and night. Verse three says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. See, <laughs> it. It, one day I was studying, I was really meditating this and just studying it. And, and I just saw all these trees. There are, there are trees everywhere in the forest. And the, tr the drought and the sun scorching coming down is coming to all the trees. But this tree, the one who meditates, 
whose whose roots are planted, his roots are planted in the water, in the rivers, in the river of life, <laughs> you know? So that's the source. That's our source because we're meditating the word. And it's not, you know, meditation isn't just a rattling off of words, but what's happening is when we're meditating the word, it's causing it to go down deep into our heart. It's causing us to, to, be, to see who we really are. Yeah. It's causing that faith to build up in, in us. That way, when the trials and tribulations of life do come, and they come knocking on our door, because they are going to come knocking at our door, just like every tree in the forest, the, you know, the, the drought came to all of them. But the one whose roots were planted in the river it prospered eat through, through the whole drought, all through all of it, you know? <laughs> and I, I believe truly that meditation is really the practice of persuading your heart, renewing your mind to be established in what is already true for you. But you're kind of drawing this line in the sand uh, when you're meditating. It's not, you don't meditate when you're going through a crisis. You meditate all the time, every day, day and right. day. And then, so whenever those crises come, you're already equipped. You're already yeah. Your your guns are locked and loaded, and you're ready to go. And you're not caught off guard because you've already established yourself in the Word of God. And so, you know, something that I always like to remember is that meditation. You know, as you're meditating the Word of God, it's important to realize what you're really doing is you're actually taking the Word of God and you're owning it you're accepting it for yourself. You know, yeah. it's one thing to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son and, and you're right. like, you know, God loves everybody, but it's a different thing when it becomes a reality to you that God sent his only son just for you. And so, you know, I heard John three sixteen my whole life growing up and I'm sure you did too a lot in church. And so you, there's some scriptures that you almost become numb to because you've right. heard so much, you're like, okay, God so loved the world, I get it. But when it becomes a reality to you, whenever you can take, take it and say, God so loved me that he sent his only son, if I was the only one that needed salvation, if I was the only one that needed healing, if I was the only one that needed forgiveness, God would have sent his son just for me. And so what you're doing when you're meditating is you're taking this word that's been promised to the entire body of Christ and you're really accepting it for yourself and you're making it a reality and establishing it in your heart. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people ask me the question and I'm sure you've heard it too. You know, what's the difference between meditation and confession? And, you know, like one of the simplest definitions I've heard is that meditation is actually persuading your heart to really accept and believe the truth of God's word. And confession is confessing something from a persuaded heart. But I wanted to ask you kind of, I'm sure you've probably dealt with that question yourself or had people ask you that, but, you know, kind of walk someone through that who has that question. Well, yeah, you know, I actually had that question <laughs> myself. Yeah. I remember when I first came to Rama, um, I, I wasn't a student yet. It was before I was a student and I was able to go to healing school in the mornings uh, almost every day. And uh, Edna Wood Woodward, 
You know her? Yeah, I know her, yes. And, and uh, she walked right up to me and she would, must have been ministering on meditation. I don't really remember the, uh, the message, but she, she walked right up to me and she said, are you meditating? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, I think so. <laughs> because to me, I was thinking, do you mean confessing? Am I, conf yes, I'm confessing the word. Yeah. But, you know, uh, after that, of course, I learned what meditation is. <laughs> but I, I guess there, uh, I kind of felt that they were one in the same almost, yeah. because it's really as you meditate the word and you allow it to come out of your mouth, you are pondering it. You know, it, it, I, I don't know, when you say confession, it almost makes you feel like it's a it's a works, you know, or a routine, but it's not, because, not when it's out of the abundance of the heart, yes. the mouth speaks. And I believe that that is what meditation accomplishes. It causes your confession to not just be a rattling of words and getting your time in or your confessions in, you know, because we've run into that quite a bit in healing school and people are saying, well, I don't understand why this isn't working, yeah. you know, and, and it's because it was a, almost like a mechanism, you know, and a formula that they were trying to put one plus one equals two, and then I'll have what I, what I want, you know, and it really, it's just like you said, it's persuading your heart. You don't even realize you're doing it. But when you begin to meditate the word of God and it gets down deep first, you could start off and you don't even, you're like, it looks like just words on a page. Yeah. The word is alive and it's anointed. And so when you begin, like you said, making it personal and you start saying, God loves me. <laughs> if I, if there was nobody else here, he died for me, you know, and that, then it becomes, it starts becoming real because you're thinking about that and it's personal and you're taking ownership of it. You know, um, I remember one of the most profound things that I've learned from the word, and you may laugh, people would laugh because it's so simple. But one day I was reading the word and the Lord said, everything in here is for you. Hmm. And, and the light came on. Not that I didn't know that. I'd been walking with God forever, you know, it seemed like, but I've been born again since I was three and filled with the Holy Ghost at three, <laughs> yeah. you know, and this was in my 20s, maybe, or, or later. And from that point forward, though, I began to look at the word in a different way. I saw it different. It was all mine, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think that's what meditation does. You know, it just causes that word when you start taking ownership of it and allowing it to persuade your heart, it causes uh, when the when you speak that out of the abundance of your heart your mouth begins to speak and then at that point you start seeing what you're speaking coming to pass and it's not like why because see perspective is everything and that's what it does it's changing your perspective perspective is everything because if you see yourself outside then you're trying to get in yeah you know, but when we see who we really are and what we have in Christ, <laughs> then our perspective is I'm already in. 
Yeah. It's already mine. And then what do you do? You just sit back, relax, put it in neutral. You know, I was about to use a football analogy again. <laughs> Go ahead, Jenny. We're, we're free here. You can do it. <laughs> well, I always said I'm glad Tom, well, I'm not glad Tom Brady's not with the Patriots anymore because he's yeah. now in our division, but <laughs> we still swept him. So, <laughs> but, um, but I used to say there was one year, I don't know, it may have been last year or the year before, but uh, they, they hardly won their games and everybody thought they weren't even going to get into the playoffs. And then suddenly here they are at the top of their division. They, they won their division and they're in the playoffs. And I'm like, man, all they do is just hit it in neutral and coast into the playoffs, you know, yeah. but that's how it is. That's how it is. When you have the perspective, you understand who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ, but that's only coming because you've been meditating the word, his love for you, you know, who he, who you are to him, that you're in his kingdom and you're not outside the kingdom. All the, all of this brings the perspective of who you really are. And then everything is easy. You know, it's not easy, but it's, it's yours and you know it. You know, but we still have the, the hard part. My my pastor from back in Louisiana used to say, um, "We uh, that we to stand is to just stand on your platform of belief and don't come down from it." You know, and that's what the enemy's always trying to do. He's trying to yell to us to come down. You know, but if we'll just remain on that platform of belief and stand, he can't. He can't you know, do anything. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, since the very beginning, th the enemy has been trying to do the same thing and trying to get us to obtain something that has already been given to us or something that's right. already been provided. You know, I was just reading a book. There's a great book by uh, Dr. Uh, Jim Richards, and it's called The Gospel of Peace. And I've been reading it. And he's talking about in the very beginning, how the devil was saying, you know, if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like God. But Adam and Eve were already created in the image of yes. God. So yes. since the very beginning, he's tried to get us to try to obtain something that has already belonged to us. Right. And so, so instead of trying to obtain something, we need to accept the position that we've been given in Christ. We're seated yeah. in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a reality. Whether you believe it or not does not make it true or false. But when you, when you believe it, it becomes a reality in your life and you begin to experience it in a different way. And so, you know, the, the truth in the word of God is that you and I are healed by the stripes of Jesus. That is a reality that's been provided to us by Christ Jesus. But it becomes a reality in each and every one of our lives when we actually accept it for ourselves. And I think that's, you know, what meditation does. It's saying, you know, Jesus, I know you provided healing for everyone, but by your stripes, I'm made healed today in my life personally. Right. Yeah. I like what you always said. Um, you'll have to remind me, but it's about being more aware, Yeah. you know, and, and when we become more, it's, you know, and that's what, meditating the word does and you know it takes a putting down of the flesh yeah. i have to force myself all the time because life is here you know 
uh, kids and work and school, their school and their homework and, you know, just everything that we have to do. I have to feed my family and yeah. cook, you know, <laughs> and all these things. And, um, but I think that, you know, you do, you find your place, you find yourself in a place where you crave that time, you know, and you do want that time. But at first you have to push yourself to do it. And not just always, not just at first, sometimes when things get busy and life gets hectic, you have to do it even in those seasons as well, you know, and uh, it will have to push ourselves and force ourselves to do it. But once you're there, once you're in that, in your place, wherever you meditate, you know, you, you go into your zone and you're, you're in the presence of God. And I mean, it just takes a minute. Yeah. And then you you forgot all about your flesh, you know, <laughs> because the, the word is taking root in you because you just allowed it to start, you know, being alive in the anointing. A hundred percent. And even whether it's prayer or meditation, I think it's important for everyone um, to remember that it's all an aspect of your relationship. It's not a work. You know, you don't right. pray because you have to. You don't medicate, meditate because you have to. You do it out of your personal relationship with God. And, you know, I was just talking with my friend Timo and his podcast will actually be up this Friday. So it'll already have played by the time this one goes. But he was talking about Matthew 6, 9, and where the disciples were asking Jesus, they were like, Jesus, how do we pray? And I love how Jesus starts out and he says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father how in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so at the very beginning, he says, our Father. And so he said at this time, you know, the disciples had known God as king, as judge, mm -hmm as ruler, as almighty Jehovah. But Jesus was saying, our father, he was saying, when you pray, come back to the relationship, come yes. back to the fact that you are his child. And even as you meditate, as you're reading the word of God, as you have that consciousness, that awareness that I am the child of God. And as I'm meditating, I am speaking out words that my father has already spoken over me. Right. As I'm speaking them, I am co-laboring with him. You know, it says we are co-laborers <laughs> with Christ, right? So as we speak the word of God, what we're doing is we're allowing God to now manifest that reality that he's already spoken in our individual lives. You know, right. by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. But as I begin to meditate that, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed in this very moment. Yesterday, today, and forever, I am going to be healed. My body's going to work the way it's supposed to. Every organ's going to work the way it's supposed to. My blood's going to flow the way it's supposed to. My heart's going to beat the way it's supposed to because it's been established throughout all of eternity that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And as I do that, uh, you know, with that foundation that of who I am in Christ, it becomes, it has a different level of power. It has a, a true anointing behind it that allows what I speak to become true reality in my life. Right. That's so awesome. I love that. And I, I love, I love that he said that because I had read that scripture so many times and he said, so he said that he was like, you know, God, Jesus brought it back to our father. And yeah. the fact that we've all known God as Jehovah Jehovah and, and so many different names, but he's brought us back to this is my father. 
Yes. He wants what he's spoken to be a reality in my life, but he needs me to actually do something. And it's not a work, but it's a mm-hmm. collaborating with him and, and meditation. What that does is it causes it to be a reality in my heart so that when I confess something out of my mouth, it actually has power and substance behind it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's keeping us in, uh, I guess I'll go back to perspective. It's keeping our perspective, but it's more than just perspective because that's speaking of the mind, yeah. you know, but it, it's just, it, it causes us to have such a faith and a, a, a confidence in who we are at all times and that way that way when the cares the trials of this life come we are ready for them yeah. you know because we are the word has been rooted and grounded in us and like you said that there's a tenderness to um our father yeah you know our father it's not god he's god to the world <laughs> you know but to us he, it's family he's yeah. father and uh, and knowing it just in that one statement speaks so much. Uh, like if that's rooted in you, he's my father. <laughs> that speaks so much because then you know there's that love. God loves me, so yeah. if he loves me, he's got this because he loves me. He he already saw this coming, and he has he's prepared the way before me. You know, see, that's what ha- that's what starts coming up out of us when we've been meditating the word and, and the trials and tribulations come, you know, it, he, it just, it could simply be God loves me yeah. for yeah. God so loved the world. <laughs> so therefore this is not happening, <laughs> you know, and, and it can, a faith will rise up and will refuse to allow these things to trip us up because we already have victory. and there was there was a testimony from you know ken warwick who was in the healing school with us as well he always shared this testimony and he gave me permission to do it so i wanted to share it but he said there was he had a neighbor one time who you know he had spoken with and he actually had tumors all over his body and he said he went to that guy and he said i just want you to know that god loves you and he cares about you and this guy, he wasn't a believer, but he, he had heard these words and he was going to chemotherapy. And while he was in chemo, it said that, you know, Ken told me that the tumors on this guy's body while he was in chemo actually started to multiply. They started to grow and to expand. But this guy was sitting there in his hospital bed and he was saying, you know, the only thing he could remember was God loves me. God loves me. And so he would sit in that bed and he would say, God, you love me. I'm not going to die you love me, you care for me, you love me so much. And so what this, you know, the natural medicine in this world actually caused to enhance his, his problem and cause it to grow. This guy, he said, you know, he came to Ken later on and said he was completely free from all cancer, from all the tumors. And he truly believes that it was just from him being able to meditate on just one. He didn't have a scripture. He just had a reality that God loves me. And so sometimes I think when, when it comes to meditating, people think they need to have 20 scriptures. They need to have the whole Bible memorized before they can really become truth to them. And, and the reality is, is that if you can grab a hold of one scripture 
yeah. one truth and even just the very foundation that God loves you and you can meditate that and you can think about that, you can ponder about that, then that will actually produce results in your life. And so, you know, if anyone's listening to this right now, if you're dealing with any type of sickness or disease in your body, we want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you. You are not alone. You are not going through this. You're not walking through this on your own, but God is with you right now. And in this very moment, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is dwelling and working on the yes. inside of you. And that very life that raised Jesus from the dead is producing life in your body. I believe there's someone who's had an issue with their liver. And I believe that even right now, your liver is being made new, made whole in Jesus' name. There's people that have been having heart palpitations in the name of Jesus. Your heart beats the way it's supposed to. And I, I just believe no matter what you're going through, if you'll just meditate, if you'll just spend time in the word of God, you're going to start seeing the results of the reality of Christ. And, and, you know, if you can just meditate one thing, God so loved me that he sent his only son to save me. I believe if you'll meditate that this week, you're going to start experiencing a new reality of that in your life. But Jenny, I wanted to give you an opportunity if you have anything to share as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love uh, that. It's just that, you know, I love how at healing school, we, we taught the subjects that we taught because it was almost like as if um, they, it was, it was a specific order, yeah. you know, yeah. on Mondays we taught on the love of God and, and it was net and Tuesdays righteousness or in him realities and Wednesday faith. And it was like, you almost, you know, you almost have to have that foundation of the love of God before anything else, yeah. because how can you, how can you even know who you are in Christ or that you're righteous if you don't know that he, how much he loves you, yeah. you know, and, and that, and that really is the foundation from where everything else roots. How can you get to Wednesday and talk about faith? If, if it's faith in what, you know, <laughs> in a God who loved you so much that he spared not his own son <laughs> and with him, he, he gave, he freely gave you all things, yeah. you know? And so, uh, yeah, just the love of God. Yeah. It's so great, so vast, you know? And even something, you know, if you, you can tell people have faith in God, but the reality, like you were saying, it, there was a game plan to what we did in healing school and that we talked about the love of God first, because how can I trust someone that I don't know cares about me? You know, yeah. it, it works that way in a, a personal relationship. You know, you don't just have trust for someone right out of the gate. You, you learn about them. You learn who they are. You learn their conduct. And right. from their love and their care from you, you develop the natural trust. And so, mm -hmm. you know, even people that come to know Jesus and are saved, like if you're, you're at a crusade and you're preaching, what you're doing is you're sharing the love of God. You're sharing the goodness of God. And we believe that it's the goodness of God that yes. leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads people to change the way they think, to actually turn around and go a different way. But Jenny, 
I can see you right now. You're going, you have something because you're, you're going to a scripture and you put the glasses on and it's game time. And so uh, <laughs> whatever you're going to, I want to give you the opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, while you were talking, I thought about Ephesians chapter three and uh, verse 18. He says, um, well, I'll be like, uh, like Pastor Tad, your uncle. Let's just go back to Genesis 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost my spot. Let's see. Uh, Ephesians 3, I guess, start with 17. He says, um, he, this is Paul praying. It's the, Paul's prayers. And he says that Christ may, he's praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. <laughs> uh, that you being rooted and grounded in love, and he's talking, he's not talking about your love walk right here. While that's all good and great and, and necessary, he's talking about his love for us. While you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, and we are, we are filled with all the fullness of God because he started off saying Christ dwells in you. <laughs> Christ, I mean, how big is that? You know, Christ, all of who he is dwells in us, but he said that he, for us to be able to know and that, that word know is an intimate word. Yeah. It's like Adam knew Eve, you know, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge because it's not mental ascent like we've been saying all this time. You know, and it, it that's when he says causes you to be filled with all the fullness, I see that place we're talking about where we're living out of who we really are. Yeah. you know, and how meditation brings that, but meditating really, there was a lot of people that we ministered to at healing school that I would, I would say your instructions are to only don't read anything else except scriptures on the love of God. Yeah. That's all. And you know, by the end of the week, they come back and they were like, Oh my gosh, God loves me. You know, and you, you would think that that was silly, but it's not because yeah. you be in church your whole life and live under condemnation yep. and think that you're unrighteous and be so sin conscious, you know, but when we start taking this word at face value, face, face value and say, God loves me, <laughs> you know, and, and then we're filled with all the fullness. Wow. And I think that is just something that, you know, as we meditate on the, the love of God, faith is a natural byproduct it kind of comes forth from that. Right. So, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I struggled with a lot of times, you know, even with preaching about faith, I had a hard time preaching about faith without also, you know, bringing alongside the love of God, because, you know, and the reality of it is, is like we were saying, you know, trust is breeded, it comes forth from the love of God. And so, you know, instead of focusing on, you know, the amount of faith you have, what about focusing right. on the amount of love God has for you? And as yeah. you do that, I truly believe that faith is just going to spring forth. It's going to be like an overflowing river in your life. Mm -hmm. You're just going to be able to respond to that love. 
And, you know, I, I truly believe even our, our response to saying yes to Jesus was a response to his love for us. And so the way we got in is the way we continue. It's not, it doesn't change. There's not a different way that we continue in our relationship with God. We learned about his love, so we responded to that love. And I just believe that we continue to grow in revelation of it, and we continue to respond in the same manner. But, you know, Jenny, I, I don't know about you, but I, I have a couple of scriptures here that I wanted to, you know, go over. But I also wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of talk about in terms of, you know, the practical steps of meditation. You know, if, okay, I'm looking in the word of God, but how do I take that word and how do I apply it or how do I actually meditate it? You know, do you have a way that you could kind of explain that? Yeah, well, um, you know, the way we, the way I'd like to explain it is that first of all, you know, and we used to do this in healing school, you know, you would read a scripture, uh, you know, based on what are, what are you, what are you looking to, you know, to meditate today, find scriptures that are on that subject, you know, we're talking about the love of God. So John three sixteen is perfect, you know, but if you're talking about healing, um, you know, Romans, what is our, our famous scripture? Romans 11. That's it. <laughs> Romans 8, 11 um, is perfect, you know, for that situation when you're, when your body is telling you that you're sick when your body is aching and you feel it, you know, start, you go to Romans 8, 11 and you start telling, well, you start reading that scripture and we like, I, I like to read it in several different translations, yeah. you know? And so look at that scripture. Um, I always, for some reason, go, I'm like Doug Jones. I go to the King James first, you know, and then uh, my dog is loud. Can you hear him? <laughs> He th I think he thinks I'm talking to him. He's right outside. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I always go to the King James first just because I want that. I, I know the King James. And yeah. so, I, you know, I get that base. But then I like to read it in several other translations because it's going to give a perspective. Yeah. It's going to, to bring in perspective from different angles. But also because um, as you're reading through, one of them is going to really just stand out to you. Don't you notice that? Mm -hmm. It'll stand out and it'll almost jump off of the page. And I like to say that that's where the unction is. You know, that's, that's what the whole, that's the one that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to read this one because this one's, you're going to get the most out of this one, yeah. you know? And so then I would start reading through that scripture and just reading it out loud. But once I read it a couple of times, if it's for healing, then I'm going to start making it personal. And yep. where it says, um, let me pull up Romans 8, 11. <laughs> so, uh, you know, where, so we'll just give an example and actually uh, do it. It says, but if the spirit of him but if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. 
So I like to say, not if, but since, because he has, <laughs> since the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, so then I'm making it personal. Yeah. I'm aiming it at myself. Since the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, then he that raised up Christ from the dead is also quickening, making it present tense, I'm making it present tense here, is also quickening my mortal body by his spirit that dwells in me. His spirit dwells in me. He's quickening my mortal body. Let me get a different translation because I'm going to just start meditating this. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> I've meditated this before. And uh, it won't be helpful if I just do that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, I think this is the English Standard Version 811. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life, and that's what that word quicken means, give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. <laughs> so, you know, and then let's look at another one. I have the Amplified right here, too. If the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable, <laughs> don't you love that amplified, <laughs> bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, you know, I like that because even that short-lived perishable stands out at sometimes if you're faced with something that's telling you your life is short. Yeah. You know, and you're you're reading this and you're meditating this. That's exciting news because it says it, since the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, the same spirit that raised Jesus's dead body. Now I'm meditating. OK, uh, no. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Jesus's dead body, his body was dead three days in the grave and this same spirit that raised his dead body couldn't it also bring to life this minor little thing that's going on in my body i'm not dead <laughs> but if i was i could still be raised because yeah. he's saying you see what i'm saying and that's how you start getting excited about the word of god your problem looks small compared to who you are and what you have in you. Christ lives in me. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know, that's where you end up getting the same spirit of God, God's spirit, the one who, you, you know, some um, uh, scholars say that uh, this is the, the, the uh, situation where Jesus was raised from the dead was uh, the greatest demonstration in the word that we have of the power of God. Yeah. And he chose to use that illustration right here with uh, for us to tell us that this is also quickening our mortal bodies. And I know if you go on, this is talking about our bodies being raised together and we're going to meet him in the clouds. But that's not all it's talking about. You know, we have that same life in us bringing all of our, our cells and our organs or whatever is necessary to life. 
you know, he, he's our short-lived perishable bodies. And if, you, if you're somebody who's dealing with cancer or you're dealing with a terminally ill disease, you can take this scripture and say, he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead is restoring life to my cells and to my organs. Cancer, you're, dry, you're being driven out by the life of God. This is you meditating. Yeah. You know, you're speaking to your body, but you're using this scripture and you're allowing the word of God to be what's dominant in your life. Your counsel is not what the doctor's report says, even though it looks so real and even though you feel it in your body, you know, but your counsel, your guidance, your direction is this right here. My body is full of the life of God. And even though it seems like the doctor's saying it's short-lived and I'm going to perish, that's not true. And I'm not in agreement with that because I'm in agreement with your word. And I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and even, even thinking about that scripture, it's like Jesus you know, even from the death, death is worst case scenario. And even worst case scenario was not too big for God. Right. He was able to bring him up <laughs> from the dead. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what worst case scenario the doctor has given you. And the, the reality is, is, you know, doctors are great and they're great people and they're doing their job, but their job really is to give you worst case scenario to prepare you right. no matter what your worst case scenario is. God is still able to do exceedingly more than you are able to think or, e or even imagine. And I believe that even right now, the Holy Spirit is working in your body, no matter what you've been told, no matter what the report is, no matter how you've been feeling, your body is being brought back to life in this yes. moment. And so we truly believe that as you're listening to this, you're going to be experiencing the miraculous healing power of Jesus in your body. And we believe that there's going to be testimonies from people that have been listening that are going to be have restoration and healing power in their body. And so we just want to thank you so much, Jenny. I know it, it feels like this went so fast, but I, I, I really, really appreciate it. And I know it was such a huge blessing for everyone that's listening. And we're so excited to have you hopefully back on here soon. So thank you. Definitely. So much. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was Absolutely. a joy. And so we just want to say blessings to everyone that's listening. And we're just going to continue to believe that as you meditate the word of God, you're going to experience the reality of God's life in your body going forward. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen.